Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. I would say, Connor, this qualifies as a special edition. Special edition? Lo- it is our 100th podcast. Da, 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 da. This is, and by my rough estimate, that's about two years, you know, give yeah. or take. Yeah. Five score. So congratulations to you for hanging in for 100 Thanks. episodes. And congratulations and, to you for piloting this ship. And our listeners, my gosh. Listener, but yeah. This is an endurance test. Listener. <laughs> The collective. Yeah. <laughs> the royal we, the royal... Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who's uh, who's been hopefully enjoying the podcast. Um, and uh, who are we? Uh, well, if you're a loyal listener, you know we're legal analysts, we're lawyers, I'm a boomer libertarian, Connor is a millennial progressive, and we talk about the week's top legal stories. So we've got a lot to cover today. We have three big main stories, but a lot of sort of human interest stuff we're going to get into first. But the three big main stories are, number one, North Korea has gone off the rails. Big shock. Shock. Yeah, yeah. you won't believe why they're executing people in North Korea these days. Secondly, uh, the smash and grab folks are going high tech. They're using flash mob technology. It's no longer just, oh, you know, meet at the corner of right. Hollywood and Vine and, and have a have a flash dance thing. It's uh, more nefarious stuff. Flash and, dance is a good movie, though. And finally, yes. Uh, finally, we're going to um, talk about Governor Newsom's gun law and dissect whether or not it's a little hypocritical, given his criticism of the Texas abortion law. So those are the big stories, but lots of uh, other items. Oh, plus uh, America's favorite game show. We're going to play Guess the Verdict and... Uh, Connor, uh, it's, I'll give you a little tease here. Mm-hmm. It's the case of the exploding money. Okay, so that's at the end of the episode. Connor's going to guess the verdict in a real-life case involving money? exploding money. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Uh, so first, got to tell you how a, a joke I tried to tell your sister uh, just fell flat, and I want your expert at familial what? opinion, Connor. So I was talking- A talking, joke that you told that fell flat? Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. So I'm talking to uh, to Faye the other day and I said, hey, hey, honey. Uh, you said, gotta... why the long face? Yeah. No, Wait, no. I should on. have done that. That's a tried and true joke. I said, hey, honey, uh, yeah. this is always a bad way to start. Would you like to hear a joke? You know, yeah. that kind of kills Then them. they know it's coming. It sets it yeah. up. You have to undersell. You're over-promising and under-delivering. Yeah, and but, that's not but what makes it even worse is, is her reaction. I'll give you her reaction in a second. So I say to her, hey, uh, you know, um, the Monopoly game, everybody loves Monopoly. Uh-huh. Actually, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Liz Warren, has actually come out with a new version of Monopoly. Oh, great. And, yeah, and in her game... Can't wait. Yeah, in her game, mm-hmm. uh, the, the game ends uh, when everybody has exactly the same amount of money. And Faye looked, at me, Faye looked at me and she said, is that a joke? <laughs> is that a joke? And I said... What do you mean is that a joke? Obviously, it's my attempted humor. And, and now that I'm thinking back, I did not say to her, hey, honey, I've got a joke. Yeah, yeah that would I be just, cruel of her I to say, was that a joke? put one over yeah, on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And her reaction well, was... It's possible that she knows the history of Monopoly, which was that it was designed, it was called the originally called the Landlord's Game, mm-hmm. and it was designed to show the inherent inanity 
of uh, capitalism and no, 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 landlord-tenant no, no. structure. That cannot be true, Connor, absolutely. because in a monopoly, you win when you crush everybody. Yeah, you got all the money right. on boardwalk and park place. And the point was to show And the how, other people lose. Yeah, the massive advantage that initial ownership of land Yeah, but these folks earned their advantage. You know, they, well, there was a little roll of the dice. There's yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. they bought the right properties and right. they bought houses and hotels at the right, right. time. Yeah, exactly. And then they reap the massive rewards and they crush everyone else. And that's know. the point of the game is right. that you strangle everyone else out when you have this starting uh, advantage. So Faye, knowing that history, was probably expecting you to play off of that. And instead, we got the Liz Warren joke, which that, you know, is confusing. I get it. That's possible. Now, something that is not a joke is Harvey Weinstein, the... Uh scandalized producer who's been incarcerated recently. Did yeah. you know, Connor, he may go free soon? Horrifying. He may walk free. Right. So what's the background? He was convicted in New York not long ago mm-hmm. of a 23-year sentence for rape and sexual assault. He would be eligible for parole when he's 87. An 87-year-old Harvey Weinstein is not a pretty picture to contemplate. No. Uh, but the guess what? The New York Appeals Court has just held an oral argument on his appeal, and they are skeptical about the conviction. Three of the five on the panel showed serious concern. Right. One called uh, this use of uncharged allegations uh, overkill and piling on. So what are the uncharged allegations? Well, there was a woman who claimed that he assaulted her, and it was on the basis of her allegation that the conviction was based. But the judge chose to allow several additional women to testify whose allegations were not the subject of these criminal charges. It was just sort of a pattern and practice. This is the way this monster behaves. And as we saw with the Bill Cosby situation, Cosby's lawyers made an argument uh, that's similar to that. But in the situation with uh, Weinstein, these uh, appellate uh, panelists, they seemed receptive. So they might end up giving him a new trial. He probably would be allowed to go free on bond, even though he's got Los Angeles charges pending as well. Right. And that means he's one private jet flight away from rooming with Roman Polanski in Switzerland. Right. So they would get to try him again. It's not like he's innocent of the crimes. It's just that the procedure that the prosecutors used, the evidence that they used to convict him was inappropriate. It wasn't admissible, uh, arguably. And as a result, he would be out maybe for a while. Now, if they think that he's a flight risk, which people with an incredible amount of money and connections facing, uh, you know, life uh, in prison— uh, or, or effectively life in prison, are often flight risks. Uh, so they could tell him, you know, ankle bracelet, stay in prison. That would be an interesting call because uh, you couldn't really say he necessarily is a danger to society. You could say he's just a creep. He's such a creep that he would probably reoffend if if you let him out now. Maybe. But mm, probably the authorities wouldn't have very strong evidence for that. Instead, what it would really boil down to is whether the judge thought he might be a flight risk. And right. in the absence of evidence that he has not shown up at court appearances, that he's had an opportunity to flee, but he didn't, he might just yeah. win the argument that, that he's entitled to bond at a very high level. Yeah. And then if he's got a pal with a private jet, and of course, you know, he's got many pals with many private jets, right. uh, that, you know, he could be out of the country. Yeah, it's, what it comes down to at the end of the day is a, ju- a judgment about... Uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein needing a new trial is not really a judgment about Harvey Weinstein. It's not about whether he's a bad guy. It's about whether our society respects the rights of criminal defendants uh, or not. And whether this trial is in line with how our 
uh, society should respect the, the rights of criminal defendants. Because as you see in so many drug cases is the most common case because so many crimes are drug related crimes in the U.S. right now because of a, a prohibition of drugs does not work. And the war on drugs is an unwinnable, uh, horrific slog that wastes all of our money and kills everyone. Um, but in these cases, you see prosecutors using pattern and practice type. These are other people that they sold drugs to. This is how they generally move and sell drugs in the past. We have evidence of other crimes, but we only can try to convict them on this one specific crime. But then they try to bring in evidence of other stuff. And so do you, you think see- it was wrong for the Cosby prosecution to be allowed to have four or five women testify in addition to Andrea Constant, yeah, who's, it- whose allegation was the only thing technically at issue? Yeah, it's a really tough decision because... Uh, legally, the the decision is up to the judge to decide, and that that decision can be appealed uh, to decide whether this evidence really is uh, evidence of a signature pattern, a style of committing a specific crime, such that you can pin it to this person. Is it evidence that you know? Remember, you guys see the uh, the, the the classic Christmas classic. We're coming up on Christmas, Home Alone. Well, the the robbers who break into all these houses in the neighborhood, and then one of them stuffs cloth like rags into the sinks and leaves the sinks on to flood the place yeah. just because he's a jerk the and wet burglars he wants to be known as the wet bandits and it's that's his signature crime so if he goes on trial for that then his his uh you know danny devito uh is it danny devito no it's uh the the other short actor joe pesci joe pesci yeah joe pesci tells him no they're gonna get you they're gonna know all the crimes you did because of the signature nature of the crime so in this case if they have that evidence uh, that he has done those other crimes they could nail him on kevin McAllister's house because they say look he the stop up the sinks and they spilled over and that's a very signature move that only this criminal does and that therefore it's evidence that he did it now that's different in a case like a drug dealer you're going to show a lot of you know drug sales happened in the past to be like look therefore he did this drug sale no everybody sell who sells drugs sells drugs basically the same way handing over money or, or handing over drugs and getting money right that's not signature even if they have a thousand examples of it but it might be signature if he accepts money via a very specific uh, method of like putting it in a tin can and, and dropping it out of a window yep. into a trash can and then he retrieves it later. Like that's a signature yeah. method, right? But it is a problem because judges are very sensitive to the idea that a guy is entitled to a fair trial. And if the jury convicts somebody, not because they really think he did something bad to Andrea Constan, right. it's the only allegation at issue in, in the case. case, but in fact, he did bad things to four or five other women who, right. whose allegations are not on trial. Right. That's, that's really Oh, not it's fair. really, really bad. Like, for example, maybe those cases are outside of the statute of limitations, so you're not allowed yeah. to bring those cases. Or maybe they're in a different jurisdiction. Maybe they, the crimes happened in California and he's on trial in Pennsylvania, and she, they're trying to say, oh, we just want to bring this in to show pattern practice that he did this to Andrea Constance Plus, too. if you did uh, include these other um, uh, witnesses in the trial, there's the danger that you're not, it's just a tiny little mini trial. You're not really yeah. fleshing out their allegations, yeah. not giving the defense a full opportunity to go out right. and discover information and, and so on. So that's why judges have to do this balancing act. And it's called the probative versus prejudicial act, right? They have to dance back and forth between probative. Is this relevant? Is this matter? Does it change the outcome of this case? Does it change whether or not he was an evil criminal in this case? Or is it prejudicial? Even if it is probative, it's 10,000 units of probative. It really does help us understand that this is how he drugged and sexually assaulted women. That's very important information. And it does help the jury make a better decision about Andrea Constance. Compared to, is it 10 million percent 
prejudicial such that the jury, even if they, you know, have good information about how he, you know, had a pattern practice of doing this, if they see it just a stack of allegations from, you know, 100 women or 50 women or whatever it was, they're just going to say, there's just no way that the, that 50 women are lying. I I have to believe Andrea Constanz, which is not what's happening, which is not why that evidence has to come into trial. So the judge just thinks, I can't trust the jury to consider this only for the limited purpose that I need them to consider it for, and therefore we can't bring it in at all. It's just like if uh, you're in a car accident and somebody uh, admits liability in the car accident, right? And uh, they say, uh, well, I, I caused the accident. It's my fault. Uh, I'll take responsibility for that. Uh, but we're just talking about how much your medical bills were, right? And you go to uh, some doctor and you get a, a billion, dollar in medic- billion dollars in medical bills or a million dollars in medical bills when you really only needed like $500 in medical care. And so the defense gets to argue and say, whoa, whoa, whoa that surgery should only cost $500,000, not a million dollars. Yeah, my guy caused the accident. He'll pay half a million, but he won't pay a million. Right. That's crazy. If you if you allow in to that case that uh, the defendant driver was drunk and the ju- judge allows it in, the defendant's going to go, whoa, 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 that's not relevant at all. We're talking about the cost of, mel- of health care. I admitted I caused the accident. The jury will so hate me if they find out that I drove drunk. I can be criminally prosecuted for that, but we're talking about money here. So if they, they find out that I drove drunk, they will be they will so hate me, they will charge the million regardless of what the mm-hmm. proper cost of a medical care is. That's more prejudicial yeah. than probative. Probative value Boom, versus prejudicial effect. Hey, I got a question for you. A couple of minutes ago, you kind of confused Danny DeVito and Joe Pesci. Yeah. Who do you think would be more pissed off that that Connor mixed them up uh, would it be Joe or do you think it would be Danny Definitely DeVito? Joe Danny is like he works he loves himself as a character actor he loves himself as like a uh, you know just, just like a, 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 a inherently a funny individual because of how physically unusual he Joe is Pesci's and looks. inherently threatening individual Joe Pesci I mean, he dresses movies. sharp he looks good I mean he's a totally different guy I mean he, right. he, yeah he's short but but that's all that's all that's going on so when we come back uh, we will get to our three main topics but first uh, Connor's going to tell you about how many and see if you can guess how many NFL players have tested positive oh, in the last it. few days. Yeah. We'll get into that when we return. But first, Connors can tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Check us out on whichever podcast platform you prefer. They all work. Podcast Addict, uh, Apple Podcasts, any other Android app that you use, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you like uh, to do to pull down and keep track of your podcasts. But make sure, remember, on whatever platform you're on, uh, to hit that subscribe or join button because that pushes the episodes to your phone every week so you don't have to remember to go get them and you will be serenaded by our dulcet tones throughout the whole holiday season. (laughs) We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Lowe. Yeah, I'm Connor Rose. So, Connor, this I do not get. You tell me about this before we uh, we went on the air here. Um, how many National Football League players have tested positive yeah. just in, in the last few In days? the last week, more than 150 NFL players have tested positive for COVID. Most is, of those is players that are, because they're not uh, vaccinated or is it because of the... the, the many of them are vaccinated. Omicron variant? Yeah, mo- many of them are v- vaccinated, but... Uh, it's possible, but many are also vaccinated, and it's possible that they are uh, positive with Omicron. We don't have the the genetic sequencing uh, up and running in this country. They do in places like South Africa, but not in this country to test for the Omicron variant in most cases where people test positive but are asymptomatic. They don't bother. Now, we did here in L.A. County, where too many lawyers is centrally located, i.e. our house, um, <laughs> uh, in L.A. County, um, we had our first 
case this week of the Omicron variant. So it's here uh, in places like New York. It's completely running roughshod over um, the the population. The numbers are shocking, and not just the numbers uh, of 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 vaccine of uh, cases generally of people testing positive, but the numbers of the Omicron variant, the proportion of positive tests that reflect Omicron infections is doubling every three days in the United wow. States. That's not just in places it's hitting hard, like New York, where it's doubling way faster than that over the entire country, where in L.A. we have one we have millions and millions of people in one case. But overall, the whole country, it's doubling every three days, which means since there are so many places uh, out here um, uh, who on the West Coast specifically, mostly where we have not received it yet um, or barely received it you have plenty of room to grow. So that percentage that Omicron makes up of positive cases is only going to get bigger and bigger. And guess what? The NFL and the NFL Players Association, in their infinite wisdom, have decided to do in response to more than 150 players testing positive in one single week. They are ending mandatory weekly testing for asymptomatic vaccinated players. They're saying you don't have to get a test. For, oh, for PR purposes, you, you think? I think it is. I think it's the wow. Donald Trump strategy. As you as you have said in the past, the stick your head in the sand, yeah. the Donald Trump beginning of the pandemic. Remember back remember in the good old days when the, the pandemic hadn't actually hit yet? Don't let the people off totally the boat because yeah. if they're on the shore, then we have to count them. Exactly. A bunch of people dying on a boat and Donald Trump said, I don't care. I don't want them on the shore because they're going to mess up my numbers. Well, guess where that got us, Donald Trump? That got us in the situation that we're in. And guess where this is getting us now, Joe Biden. I mean, we've got Jen Psaki up here laughing, laughing at the American people's demands for weekly, you know, tests sent to every American's home. You could have every single Amazon package that hits your doorstep in the month of December and January federally mandated to have a a test in it, at home COVID test in it. So we would actually know where the, the variants are and who's sick. But we don't have that. We have Joe Biden basically doing the same thing that Donald Trump was doing, but with the tools he had. I mean, he's rolling out vaccines, sure, but 80% of Americans don't have a booster. I mean, Biden is falling down on the job. Not as hard as Trump, but that doesn't matter to me. I'm not comparing him directly to Trump. I'm comparing him to who he should be, what he should be doing. And we're drowning. I mean, America is going to get steamrolled by Omicron. If you look at an infectious disease person, if you ask an infectious disease person, what's scarier, a more virulent and dangerous, that is more dangerous plague uh, or a more infectious plague, they will absolutely tell you, look at the numbers of exponential growth. You want a less infectious, but more dangerous plague. Mm -hmm. You would prefer if COVID killed Everyone who got it, the second they got it, they, you would have way fewer deaths than if you have it kill 1% of people or 0.1% of people, but it'd be very infectious and spread. And the numbers are looking like Omicron specifically is one of the most infectious uh, diseases we have ever seen in human history. I mean, people talk about measles is a great example of something where we vaccinated to kill measles and we had to go over the top and multi, I mean, the MMR vaccine, every single kid gets it before they go into school because measles will hang in the air for hours after a measles positive person is in before they have any symptoms and any bumps or anything hang in the air for hours after they breathe in a closed room hours 
And Omicron is looking more and more like one of these most infectious diseases that we've ever seen. Wow. Very scary. Now, I mispronounced it then. You're calling it Omicron? Yeah. Well, we've I think got I a called Greek it... brother-in-law, and he says Omicron. <laughs> That's true. I, th- I think I pronounced it Omicron. But you know, since the entire nation calls him Brett Favre, even though his name is spelled Favre, and because President Carter, who was yeah. a nuclear engineer, pronounced it nuclear, oh. I guess maybe I could be forgiven. That's true. I don't know. Uh, you know, last you know, Jimmy Carter was on the team of people that avoided a meltdown at a, a nuclear power plant. Uh, he wasn't actually lowered into the reactor, but he was on the team of people who really? was directing the people who got lowered into the nuclear reactor in order to avoid a meltdown uh, during a, a nuclear crisis at wow. a plant here in the U.S. Good for Jimmy. Jimmy. So uh, last item before we get to uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, the uh, trial of the Theranos CEO mm-hmm. is in the hands of the jury. Yep. Um, wondering what your prediction is, Connor. She t- she rolled the dice by testifying. Yeah. Uh, tearful, talked about her boyfriend uh, sexually exploiting her and, and uh, controlling her. Tried to say that she wasn't really the expert when it comes to all this blood test technology. And if you haven't followed the trial so much, it's a, a CEO, a Silicon Valley startup uh, person uh, who is accused of basically uh, stealing a, a billion dollars from investors and lying to doctors and patients about whether their blood test technology could detect uh, the presence of 200 diseases and disorders from a single drop of blood, when in fact they could only sort of uh, detect 12. Uh, you know, it, a lot of people are saying her testimony will be seen as a self-serving act by the jury. Others think that she may have hit a home run. Any uh, any guesstimate on your part? I think she's going down. I think that the testimony did not go well enough. And I think the, 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 the prosecution had a lot of good evidence that they marshaled. We'll have to see. Every jury's different. I mean, it's really hard to, to make these predictions. I mean, at, at my day job, I sit there and think about what juries will do all the time. And I'll tell you, you never know. Uh, they do some wacky stuff sometimes. I've had cases where jurors just totally disregard the rules and the law laid down by the judge and do whatever they want. They just, you know, move money around from one damages category to another. They just, you know, decide uh, how the law basically should look. Uh, and they also have to reach a compromise between 12 jurors. I, I've had explicitly talked to jurors afterwards. After a trial, if you're on a jury, you can talk to the lawyers afterwards. And the lawyers are often desperate to find out what the heck happened in that jury room. How did you guys come to the conclusion? I talked to one and he said, oh, yeah, we had to had to reach a compromise. We had eight people on your side and four four people, two people hard against you and two people unsure in the middle. How do you recruit those two people? Well, you come to a compromise. You come to a compromise. Horse trade. Yeah, horse trade. Something that doesn't even look like anything the lawyers argued for or maybe the parties want and you end up somewhere bizarre that nobody understood or expected. And I've had that happen to me. And, you know, I've had, and I see, I can see that possibly happening in this Theranos trial. I mean, big picture, I think she's going down. I don't think there's any way she paints herself as a victim well enough that people really believe that she wasn't uh, at the helm and making the decisions in this company. So here we are at our top story, Connor. Top story of the yeah, week. Top story of the week. Kim Jong-un, uh, leader <laughs> this of North is the Korea, top story. Okay, all right. has executed seven people well, for- Well, that's, okay, that's a big story. Seven people for watching South Korean K-pop videos. So whenever you feel like, oh, you know, my life is a mess, just count your blessings. If you're in America and you're not in North Korea. It's like uh, people saying, well, you you got more food in the grocery store than a 12th century peasant did. So don't try to improve the world at all. What? Come on. 
that. I hey. can count my blessings and also, you know, shout and yell and burn things down. No, I, I <laughs> just, this is the holiday season. Just count your blessings. Okay. okay? Well, you, you we're can, doing blessing counting You this can week. do this good in January. Hashtag blessed show of the year. And so then he, I'll go back to being gripey in January. So here's the deal. Kim Jong-un calls the South Korean K-pop videos a vicious cancer. Right. Uh, there's a group called Transitional Justice Working Group based in Seoul. They've interviewed about 700 uh, defectors from North Korea in the last six years to try to map places in the North where people are killed and buried uh, after these state-sanctioned executions. Uh, the group says it's documented 23 executions under Kim's government. But Kim thinks South Korean uh, entertainment is corrupting the minds of North Koreans. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, an example of when things are bad elsewhere, like, I don't know, a country being ravaged by COVID or something or starvation or, you know, all the other lack of social services, things like education and, uh, you know, financial opportunities for for success and, and economic success or whatever other things that autocrats like to crack down on and control, they will, when those are bad and they autocrats are doing a bad job of controlling them because they control everything in the country, that's the point of being an autocrat, they will get extra harsh. They double down and they make things worse and worse for everyone as a distraction and as a fear and inspiration technique. So the uh, Gangnam Style guy, Sai, he's probably public enemy number one enemy up number in North one. Korea. Yeah, from back from July 2012. I know that, uh, uh, I know that, uh, you know, the, South Korea, North Korea is probably a little behind the times in terms of news. So, yeah, they're probably just now finding out about Gangnam mm-hmm. Style. Yeah. All right. Next, smash and grab crime. Big topic in California, but also in- Big uh, topic lar- in the media in California. Yeah, and larger cities around the country. Uh, it's getting a lot of attention. Uh, but here's the news. the These uh, gangs, they're going high tech. They're using flash mob tactics. The um, it's, it's, it's the local ordinances uh, that some people say amount to a decriminalization of theft. Some people say a soft on crime prosecutors or abolition of cash bail. Other people say, no, 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 uh, we got to work on income inequality and mass incarceration. So, you know, you might be on the left or the right here, but one thing is for sure, these crooks are tech savvy. Uh, and in one San Francisco recently, uh, a theft involved 90 people in 25 separate cars who made off with $100,000 worth of merchandise in about two minutes. And they did it with flash mob technology. They just get the word out so that everybody can gather at, you know, the, the corner of uh, California and Battery and uh, and off you go to the Nordstrom. San so- Francisco is a great example, actually. Uh, this, uh, uh, this year, there was a press conference uh, where the San Francisco police chief, and this is the police talking, right? who, be- who benefit from, uh, in terms of public perception and funding, when crime goes up, or the perception of crime goes up. Uh, well, San unless Francisco, they wind up dead. San Francisco released a, a, a mid-year public safety report that showed that overall thefts are down 9% in the first six months of 2021 compared to the same period in 2020. And that was when the city was on lockdown in 2020. It was locked down. And we're still doing better than that in crime. And San Francisco Police Chief William Scott and the mayor together, London Breed, uh, said overall uh, numbers of violent and property crimes have both fallen. The statistics are counter to the narrative. So the narrative that right wing media is pushing that, oh, Biden's America is this lawless wasteland where people are vandalizing the Neiman Marcus. It's just not true. Now, Mike, there are shocking examples. You can always find shocking examples of property crime. But this is what we call uh, we in the uh, the, the, the filthy, uh, rabid left. Uh, it's called mean <laughs> world syndrome. The idea that things are scary out there. There's crimes being committed uh, there. The other side's telling you they can't protect you. We can protect you. And the leftist counter narrative is tragically not very seductive to American public opinion. 
The leftists like to say things like, you're right, no one can protect anyone else from random violent crime. It, it does happen, and, and you can't be guaranteed permanent safety. Guess who doesn't want to hear that? Voters. Nobody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear, I can't protect you and your kids. But it's true. I mean, we live in a society where guns are, you know, available on like a, a two-week wait uh, waiting period with no background checks. You go to a gun show and pick up 50 guns, no one even knows. I mean, we live in a dangerous society full of, you know, mass shootings. We're in the middle of a pandemic. No one can guarantee you perfect safety. And the idea that the conservatives can play on such from such a powerful position of just saying, well, look, crime happens and they don't want to protect you. Look, they can't even pretend to protect you. It's an insurmountable advantage for the conservative position. It's a constant, oh, tough on crime, you know, and then uh, the conservatives in power and they care less and less and less about crime and it, it goes back down. But the crimes stay the same. If anything, they get better. The world is much safer now, crime-wise, than it was 10 years ago, Well, there are some ago, pretty scary stats about murder rates and uh, violent crime rates uh, when you compare 18, uh, 2018, 19, 20, and 21. Okay. It, it, you, you see a, a pretty steady increase. That's true. And we got to think about why. I mean, why is that happening? You're right. And we do have to think about how to stop that. Absolutely. I personally don't think the answer is a cop on every corner. You can't put a cop in every house. You can't stop domestic violence with a cop. Cops do commit a lot of domestic violence. It doesn't help, right? Like, these are problems that cops can't solve. These are problems that, you know, tough on crime crackdowns can't solve. So what are you going to do? You, I mean, the answer is you've got to solve the, the problems that cause crime, which is generally poverty. See, poverty Con Connor Oaks and name, the war on drugs. Connor Oaks' name goes on the 911 no response, no response list. The, the real answer to crime is stop people from having to commit crimes. You think criminals like committing crimes? You think people like being homeless and 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 So what and you're saying is get food? rid of the root, what you might call the root causes yeah, of, the root crime. of crime. When we get back, come back, we are going to talk, speaking of guns, about Governor Newsom's proposal for a new gun law. Love it. Stick with us. Love it. Too many lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So Governor Gavin Newsom has an idea, Connor. Yeah. Can't, can't he is interested in the concept uh, that Texas has, uh, has mm, used a pilot program of weaponizing say. lawsuits. Yeah. yeah, we know that the Texas deal is if somebody is um, providing an abortion after a certain number of weeks, uh, which you know is different from Roe versus Wade, uh, then uh, the, anybody on the planet may sue the abortion provider or the Uber driver that drove drove the woman to the clinic, and that's very controversial. It's it's going through the courts right now. Uh, Governor Newsom, of course, hates that law, but he loves the idea of doing a similar thing in California. He wants to empower citizens to sue gun companies if the gun companies make certain weapons, uh, assault weapons, and so on. The problem is that what Newsom wants people uh, to be able to sue for it's it, currently it's legal. Congress has passed a law protecting the makers of guns. It says you may sue the guy who shoots the gun yeah. in an illegal way, yeah. but you may not sue the gun maker. Right. So I'm thinking there's a little hypocrisy here for Newsom to say, I want to weaponize lawsuits. I want to change the gun law. And OK, let's say he's got a logical basis for wanting to change the gun law. Right. But to allow people who have nothing to do with the gun situation, they weren't a consumer, they weren't a victim of a crime, they're just a citizen. He wants anybody to be able to sue a gun maker for doing something that the governor thinks that the gun maker shouldn't do. I mean, that sounds a little too much to me, like the Texas law, because it lets it's people literally sue exactly, when they exercise their legal literally rights. Literally exactly word for word. I mean, Governor Newsom issued a press conference, a statement, saying, I'm outraged by the U.S. Supreme Court's decision allowing Texas's ban on abortion services to remain in place, endorsing Texas's scheme to 
to insulate its law from the fundamental protections of Roe v. Wade. If states can shield, now shield their laws from review by federal courts that compare assault weapons to Swiss Army knives, and California will use that authority to protect people's lives, where Texas used it to put women in harm's way. I mean, he's literally saying, if you're going to undermine the concept of constitutional review by the Supreme Court, and you're going to say that you, your laws that, that, that put women in harm's way can't be overturned because they can't be reviewed in this way if we just create a private right of action for people to sue mm-hmm. uh, to, to prevent you know, these, these things from happening, either abortions or owning guns, then we're going to do it here. We want this law. Californians want this law. I am a Democrat. I want this law to protect uh, uh, Californians from gun violence. So we're just going to do it. If you if you're going to say that you can't overturn that law, you won't be able to overturn this law. I mean, it's not hypocritical at all whatsoever. It's 100 percent him saying I'm going to do a thing that I believe is unconstitutional because you're letting the other side do unconstitutional things. So we have to. That is the best way to protect our lives over here from gun violence. I mean, if you're going to give me the tool, I'm going to build the house with it. What do you want me to do? Well, the the main problem I have with it, because the issue of whether you were violating the Constitution yeah. or going against the law is one issue. I dislike the idea of weaponizing lawsuits. I don't think lawsuits uh, are the province of uninvolved, greedy citizens. Lawsuits should be filed by injured people, not interested observers yeah. who have a car payment coming up. Yeah. Because when you incentivize suits, you get a lot of flaky, frivolous suits oh, yeah. filed by greedy people sure. and out-of-work lawyers. <laughs> True. When people get sued, they have to hire lawyers. lawyers. They have to pay money to settle because oh. 98% of cases don't go to trial. Yeah. Consumers have to pay more to take care of these expenses. When people get sued, they go out of business sometimes. You remove options for citizens to buy stuff and driving up prices. And when people get sued, their lives are turned upside down, sometimes for years. Yeah. It's It can be horrendous. Yeah. So, And also when people get sued, sometimes uh, constitutional rights get protected. I agree with you, by the way, that in, in weaponizing lawsuits, private rights of action to do this sort of thing is generally a bad idea and often backfires. But as a publicity stunt, which is not actually going to happen, it's a totally empty threat. Gavin Newsom's not actually going to pass this because it wouldn't pass through the California legislature because oh, the Democrats don't pay those play those same rules. But three quarters of each house of the legislature are Democrats. You know, yeah, yeah, they're but it won't, it won't happen. Say, I, Governor, whatever you want. Hey, prove you me say wrong. Jump Gavin. how high? Please do it, Gavin. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's a publicity stunt. I think that the both house sides of the house will will uh, both houses of of uh, the Sacramento uh, will. Uh, uh, not go along with it because they see it as a publicity stunt and they don't actually want to do it because it would draw a lot of ire um, and uh, make gun rights a central issue in the upcoming midterm elections. The national GOP would run on California doing this thing and it would legitimize what Texas is doing. It would say that it would it would allow people uh, uh, who are uh, it would it would take away the Democrats high ground of arguing, oh, uh, Texas can't do that because it's fundamentally wrong. The, the Republicans would be able to both sides them and say, oh, you're doing it, so it can't be that wrong. Mm-hmm. So that is the danger of actually doing it. But putting out a press release about it, I think, is a smart middle ground because it wouldn't actually happen. But you do want to issue the threat to point out GOP hypocrisy, but not let them run against you on that issue. So are you ready to play America's favorite game? I'm Guess the verdict? Ready. Born ready. Guess the verdict. I'm going to give Connor uh, some facts about a real life case. Maybe the I case of the way. exploding money. And we'll see if you can guess the verdict. And Can't uh, wait. See if your uh, batting average stays high. Here are the facts. There was a bank robber in Oakland, California. He made off with a couple of sacks of money, but on his way home, doggone it, a microwave detonated explosive (sighs) hidden in the cash blew up a packet of telltale orange dye. Yeah. 
Now, the, here's the problem. The robber had stuffed the money into his pants. Oh. So he claimed he suffered second and third degree burns to I'll some bet he did. pretty sensitive areas. Yeah. And from his jail cell in the hospital ward, yeah. he filed a lawsuit for personal injury against the bank. So, um, how do you think this might turn out? Oh, I think it's slam dunk. He wins. You, there's one argument. I mean, it's obviously comes down to, in some point, how dangerous is this money packet? Because if you put a stick of dynamite in the bag Mm -hmm. full of cash and these guys driving home, you can't remotely blow up the dynamite and kill the guy (laughs) because you also might kill, I don't know, a bystander. It's a little analogous to the trap gun hypothetical. I can remember when I was in law school, our criminal law professor provided the trap gun hypothetical. He said, well, what if you're really concerned about crime Mm -hmm. in your area and maybe your own home has been hit a few times by burglars and you come up with the idea, I'll set up a gun uh, five feet inside my front door so that, you know, we'll have a wire on the trigger. And so if somebody opens the door, they will be blown away. Now, we in the family, of course, will remember this, so there won't be any accidents. Right. Is that legal? And the yeah. answer is no, it's not legal. Yeah. You can't execute the right. burglar just because he's a really, really bad and guy. And the famous case wasn't even an execution. It was a gun that shot like a buckshot, basically. And the guy was maimed, uh, but not uh, but not killed. Um and I think he lost a leg, actually. But this was a long time ago when, you know, people getting shot led to infection a lot more and, you know, people losing limbs and stuff. But it, it really was you got to use proportional uh, force in, with your burglar alarms uh, and and uh, burglar deterrence. And, yeah, so in this question, how big is this explosive? How much does it uh, how often does it hurt? people uh, who are fleeing with money. Is it probable that somebody who's fleeing with money would stuff it inside their clothes to disguise it? Yeah, even a small stick of dynamite. I don't think so. It. Never in a million years would I guess that a burglar would stuff the the bag of money down his pants. <laughs> but what if, what if he's just holding it? I mean, if is it big enough that it would hurt him if he's just holding the explosive packet? Probably. Yeah. Do you need that explosive? I packet? can live with a, like, a, a couple of second degree burns on course, a, on a yeah, burglar's crime, right? hands. But like, do, do you, can you accomplish the same goal of spreading paint all over this money by having the world's tiniest little explosive that just kind of like a ketchup packet? You man, I step on a ketchup packet, that stuff goes. I think we spend ten percent of the gross domestic product to develop a safer. I love it. Die. I love it. So well, I I'm sorry to to deliver the bad no! news for you. The case was dismissed. No! The burglar lost. Yeah. Oh, this poor guy. This poor burglar. You, you still are way over fifty. You're probably Thank over seven hundred and fifty. They which must is have a thought it was a really average. safe little uh, little packet. <laughs> wow. And he really must have put it right on the uh, genitals. <laughs> All right, we made plenty of progress. And gosh, uh, when this when this podcast drops on Wednesday, uh, I, we may already have the Elizabeth Holmes verdict. We may, verdict. yeah. But, uh, special one, special edition. Of well, next week lawyers. we'll be talking about what they did, or maybe who knows. Maybe there'll be a hung jury and we'll have to put up with Elizabeth for another three-month trial. Can't wait. Talk to you soon, everybody. Everybody.